along with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Ghost Chronicles from the Land of the Crusaders, or whatever the frig they are. I can never see that word. Cicada. Whatever. I am Ron Kolick, your host, and with me is that I voice, the voice from the other side of the pond, the ghost in the ghost hunting, Mr. Steve Parsons. Good evening. I'm having a very, uh, it's fun tonight over here in um, West Wales because uh, we we we're just above Cornwall. Um, yeah. Uh, in a straight line, they're only about sixty miles away. Yeah. And um, currently going round and round overhead, us and Cornwall is Air Force One with your president. On yeah, board. I can't find a place to land. That's the problem. <laughs> the weather. <laughs> he's been. The British weather has closed in on the airport, and he can't land. He's been. Love- he's been. He's been up and down the length of... He's been up to Manchester, down to Chester, down the Welsh border, uh, going round and round and round, while the support aircraft, the Boeing 757, has made two attempts so far to land and just keeps going round and round over Newquay Airport, where they're headed. But Um, Air Force One is zigzagging its way. It'll be back overhead in another five minutes. It's doing orbits at the moment. So That's, give him a know, wave on his next English, pass. English way of saying goodbye. We... <laughs> Board is he's closed. Got, <laughs> he's, got, he's been over now about four times. Bless him. Anyway. There we are. I'll keep you updated on progress of Air Force One. Oh, that's that's just thrilling. Anyway, well, well, we have a much the annoyance of the of um, the American military. We have independent aircraft tracking systems here, and whilst you can't track Air Force One on the commercial flight tracking software, you, you, you can in the UK. So we're all watching him going round and round and round oh, in good. circles. Anyway, uh, I was watching the telly earlier, and I saw, the, I saw this guy on on uh, TV. They said his name was Steve Parsons, but it didn't look like him. This guy was a little bit was he, heavier than you. Was he? What do you mean a little bit? Was he like hundred pound or more heavier? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> oh my God, that's Steve Janet. Come see this. <laughs> um, and where was he? He was at uh, Markham Castle. Markham Castle. I don't know. Special place. Not very far away. Yeah, slightly and, uh, further away than um, actually. Let me just check something because. Uh, yep, Joe's been over it twice now. Ah, good, good, good. Anyways, uh, you know, I watched you closely because I wanted to see how you behaved on, uh, uh television, so. I'm uh, good, aren't I? Yeah. For, well, yeah. I, I mean, the, the greatest part for me, honestly, the, the whole thing. The end credits. <laughs> no, is, is. You, you couldn't talk. I loved it. You barely got a word in. <laughs> I know. I know. It was actually, to be fair, it was only the second one I'd ever done, I think. Oh, is it? I, and, I'm, uh, I'm planning on watching all of them. I want to see the ones at the end. I haven't seen the ones at the end either in it. So. Uh, 
there is only the one. You've got to be quick because she's not actually part of the show. She was uh, helping oh. me. Um, but which, she does which, make an appearance. Season what? Which one are you watching? Eight? Yeah, season eight. Was she in season eight? Yeah, uh, Manchester Theatre, Manchester Royal Exchange Theatre. Okay, I'll, I'll check it out. Thank you very much. Anyways, no moving right along. So I had a couple of questions because this, this show actually set my mind moving it's it was like Ooh. first of all you were, you were carrying something i couldn't figure out what, you were <laughs> what the hell were you carrying and well how were you measuring right well uh, of course because it's the world of the la la land world of television you have to as the investigator you have to be seen to be carrying something I remember one time I used to have a guy that used to have his hands in the pocket all the time in one of the shows. Yeah, well, um, back in the day when I did it, you had to be seen to be measuring something. Ah. And um, Margam, it's actually an EMF 1394 three-axis EMF meter. Oh, that's what it was, okay. For most of the time. And why would um, you use that? um, Because it was small. Okay. (laughs) Um. For also for some of the time, you may see me using an electronic stethoscope. So look I out for the something else. One time you like, had two, like Mickey Mouse things. headphones on. One, yes, you did have that. Yes. So what yeah, was that? See. Well, one of the things at Margam that people hear oh, are ba- yeah. bu- uh, bumps and bangs on um, on the wooden oh, flooring. Did they ever? Did they yeah, ever? Did they ever? <laughs> and. Um, <clears throat> One, one easy way to determine if it's actually bumps and bangs on the floor and where they're coming from is to use a, an electronic stethoscope. Um, so that's really? what I was using. Yeah, I was trying to catch out the spirits that were banging on the floor. Um, that, but Margam's famous for one other scene. It's very fast. Um, I know where it is, but you probably missed it. I <clears throat> this, going back to this idea of having to carry something, Mm-hmm. Um, you'll notice it was a banqueting hall at Margam. Yes. And uh, we used to play this little game um, whereby you would introduce some continuity errors into the proceedings to amuse uh, yourself. Yeah. And I did a switch with that meter that I'm carrying yep. to a resin replica um, block of cheese, block of cheddar. Oh, I didn't see the resolution that I that I picked I up off the uh, table. Something different though, when you hear. <clears throat> yeah, we was... we would often play those um, games. Yeah. Games. I also I, I I saw one time you had two things in your hand. What, did you have something else besides the the meter? Uh, well, I'll be honest with you, it was. You can't remember. Yeah, I know. I, I, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough, Steve. I mean that that's <clears> true. But I mean, uh, good friend Richard Actually, Felix was there. What, what, what's interesting is yep. the, um, the the combat jacket, the multi well, sufficient, yes. sufficient yeah. jacket, yeah, um, which I was one of the very first to wear. Very classy, if, very classy. If not the first to wear television, <laughs> and um, yeah, it's still here, mm. still have it. <clears throat> because the reason, I mean, they became Put it on very, eBay. <laughs> well, they they became very popular afterwards, but yep. um, undoubtedly, I think I was the very first to do it. And the reason was simple, because um, you had to have a few items of equipment with you. You oh, were sure. going to go out, you were going to be out there for a while, and you needed your torch, cigarettes, you know, mm-hmm. other stuff. And it was just an easy way of carrying stuff. Right, scourge. Uh, 
but then that's turned into now you know like the the combat SWAT version of it that yeah kind of a Swiss have. army yeah, army jacket <laughs> but mine was uh, mine was picked up from uh, an outdoor supply store it's a fish it's a salmon fishing jacket yeah but it's got like you know like 300 pockets all over it so <clears throat> i don't use it for investigations after it became popular i saw uh, parascience was in the credits which is nice yeah the only paranormal team ever to get that mm. and uh there's uh, there's so many questions there. Uh, one was interesting. One scene was extremely interesting for me. Is our good friend Richard Felix was there. He was, and that's where um, did you did you pick up? We used it actually when Richard was on the show a couple of weeks ago. Um, Piffle. No, I did not. Ah, that's in there because there's there's a lot of noise, and Richard starts to insist that the noise is actually in tempo with the wind because it at different points that's... throughout. Excellent. That's the part I was going to talk to you about. Yes, go ahead. The wind was gusting up to about sixty-five miles an hour, yes. um, and, and Margam is fairly exposed. It's out on a on a, a sort of high on the the edge of a high hill, overlooking the coast. And uh, it's true enough. Most most of the noises were connected to the wind. You know, it was right. the buildings empty. It was. The, the wind was battering at the windows and blowing through the gaps in the in the you know the, the structure mm-hmm. um occasionally though there were noises that weren't connected to the um to the wind because mm-hmm. as the wind died down then the noises these noises were slightly different as well and um it it led to a debate where Yvette was insisting that these noises were not the wind. Richard was insisting that they were. That's this is the that's the scene I was talking about. <clears throat> we're both pointing at the ceiling, saying, "Yep, listen, you can hear it again." Then there's another one, and I and I, I Yvette had, I said, "Yeah, they are. They are Yvette. They're definitely the wind." But that one wasn't. Exactly. Said, that's the thing. Richard's there, is, and he's insistent it's the wind and he's going well, and he's, so he's got his little shouting, yeah richard's so got his busy little smile on his face there yeah he's so busy shouting at yvette that um that you know he's right that he actually is yapping over the other sound the one that i was talking about and that's what you say and that's why and that you... one wasn't <laughs> <laughs> and then yvette said oh piffle richard Oh, yes, that's right. I did hear that. <clears throat> Which has become almost a character. I heard a lot between... worse than that. I heard... Uh, oh, yeah. 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 <clears throat> In fact, that night, the, the first medium, the, the baldy-headed one. Yeah. Um, the one... Right, he didn't... Who, who, yeah, well, <laughs> there's a reason for that. He didn't last for the entire night. Uh, not no. because he was in, in any way um, taken over by spirit. <laughs> uh, but he was just bloody awful. And it got yeah. to the point about halfway through the evening um, after he'd done his walk around uh, with the lights on. So that's called the lit walk around. Yeah. Um, quick update. Biden's getting lower. He's going to make a, a go at the airport by the looks of it. Oh, the um, the um, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, yeah. So he, he arrives from the hotel middle of the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And uh, he goes into the castle. And he does his walk around with the cameras and he he starts giving his impression, his, his opinion. And his opinion was like hearing someone reading the 
uh, tourist brochure for the castle. I noticed that. And I was with him, Yvette was with him, and I challenged him on camera and said, um, well, I'll tell you what, tell me one thing that isn't in the tourist brochure. Just one thing that isn't in the tourist brochure. Uh, he, he waffled on some. Then he pointed at a cupboard, um, like a a box type room that was built yeah. out of concrete block, and said that uh, they're locked in there. The children are locked in there. They're trapped in there. Mm. And I went. So the guy, the uh, the castle curator guide, was right. with us, and I said that because it looked like concrete breeze block. Right. I said um, cinder block. So I said, well. How old's that? He said, Oh, we built that about four years ago to uh, house, <laughs> house your electricity cupboard. <laughs> so at the end of that walk around, we had to, uh, Carl and Yvette concocted a story uh, whereby uh, we were finished for the night due to the poor weather and that we'd wrap up where we were and the car would take him back. Oh, so Took him out and so, like, yeah, so take him away. And he said, as he left, he said, I'll see you at the after show party. <laughs> <laughs> no, you won't. Because <laughs> we'll still be here for the rest of the night. <laughs> but got rid of you, all right. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, like I said, I found that uh, it was interesting. I enjoyed watching you on it. So, uh, you know, and Richard and David, and, you know, all people. It was, it was, it was fun. It was actually, it was, it was my second one. Um, yeah, it was a fun show. And it was, um, the, the rot hadn't quite set in at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, I was still, you know, the new boy, I was still enjoying it. It was, they were still being nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I hadn't fallen out with anybody. But there was one point in the show where they're all in the room and everything else, and then Richard says, where's Steve? Where's Steve? And the rest says, Steve, Steve! It's just, down well, here! Come, I, come quick! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, well, I was doing what I was supposed to do, which is to go and investigate stuff. And mm-hmm. because I was new, that's exactly what I would do. You disappeared. Um, so... <laughs> So they're all gathered at one end. And of course, the investigator is a presenter role. So you have to be on camera or, mm-hmm. you know, most of the time on camera. Um, Richard and Yvette are squabbling. And <laughs> there's, there's still these noises. I now, I, I got I saw you because know, you did look like you were on a mission. Yeah. I thought, I'm going to find out, you know, what, what, what's down that end of the room. So I set off down the end of the room to find out what was there. And then it was like, where's he gone now? Where's it? Where's he gone? Get him back here. <laughs> but I'm being an investigator. From, and they all went down afterwards. And, and you, you, my mm. friend, mm. had your own experience. I, well, I had in the afternoon. It's exactly well, right. Well, not according to this. This has happened in nighttime because lights were out. <laughs> Uh, but anyways, according to you, you heard footsteps above you. Exactly. Well, yes, because what happened? Yes, it was. It was in the evening. But there'd been an earlier incident in the afternoon. Yes, I, um, I remember that. When And this is why Margam does intrigue me. And I've been back there a number of times because it still has these unanswered questions mm-hmm. um, relating to it. And he's, I'll just keep you updated. He's he's on final approach. Um <clears throat> The what had happened during the afternoon, the wind hadn't was, you know, was was breezy, but hadn't got up to full strength. 
mm-hmm. and there had appeared to be some noises from uh, the first, the upper floor, right? Uh, like the sound of people walking about. And, but you explained it though. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. that that wasn't really an issue. What happened later on is they, I shouldn't really tell you this, but um, at they they used to do in the show um mm-hmm. a scene where two of them were locked in the building the night before everybody yeah, else arrived exactly yeah it yeah. was uh well, well yeah okay. yeah so so they were doing that and of course they don't really do that they just pretend to do that oh. um so there were two of them above me doing that pretending mm. it was the night before meanwhile i was on the ground floor level um doing some other you know investigating stuff and it's a big place so i i obviously was very quiet because i wasn't there for another 24 hours so couldn't mm-hmm. appear to make any noises or appear on the camera or do anything that would spoil the foot the film the filming mm-hmm. um so i was like a church mouse very very quiet and this went on and on and on and on and on and i was waiting for them to come down and go back to the crew room so that i could pick up the stuff and also head back to the crew room mm-hmm. and get a cup of tea. Um, and I waited and I waited and I could still hear them clattering about above me, mm-hmm. walking up and down and there was the sound of a door occasionally. And I thought they're never going to finish. Mm-hmm. So in the end I gave up and went back to the crew room. Right. Only to find that they were already there. Oh, and this is what had happened. And, you know, I'd been downstairs. I'd, I'd, I'd been at the, in another uh, room when they finished early and came down and went back to the crew room. So I hadn't realized that that had happened because I was elsewhere. I came back, you know, uh, they're going to be an hour at least. I came back after half an hour, um, not knowing that they'd called, called, you know, called it short. Mm-hmm. And could still hear them walking about above me. Oh, wow. So, um, yeah, fascinating place. Brilliant location. It's only about an hour's drive from me, um, which means that, you know, at every opportunity, um, we've taken the Japanese film cruiser. I've taken BBC film cruiser. uh, I should have came over with Biden. Well, he hasn't landed yet. Oh, yeah. Okay. I could have jumped out like J.B. Cooper there. Yeah. Uh, he's um, he's drawn quite a map, uh, uh, quite a route over the over over the UK. This is a smiley face if you connect all the dots. <laughs> no, um, <clears throat> well the flight tracker leaves like a trail, uh, like a snail trail behind it. So oh, it does. Uh... He hasn't he hasn't been drawing any any um, any shapes. Ah, he's been throwing any shapes tonight. He's just oh, been going randomly. As I say, he took off from RAF Mildenhall, the US base, and he flew up the middle of the country to about halfway, uh, then back down again, then to the left, to the right, a bit more up and down, then some round and round, and now he's... Mm-hmm. Um, but it must be able to land because the first, the, the Boeing 757 has landed. So. Oh, that's good. So the weather's improved. That's excellent. So... Um... Carrying on this story about you, uh, I'm going to switch off a little bit from uh, Most Haunted, and I'm Uh going to talk 
talk about this uh, this article I read and oh, yeah. uh, it's intriguing. Yeah, and uh, okay, excuse me, I just have to find this part. I apologize for the yeah. The you're at Carew Castle this time. Uh, yeah, you're at Carew Castle, and you're complaining about the price of it. <laughs> yeah, that was my. <laughs> Was that the buying chance of the Wall Street Journal? I believe it was, Steve. <laughs> and uh, there's, there's one line in here. It says, uh, oh, yeah, here it is. Um, yeah. Uh, Not everyone believes Mr. Parson goes about investigating in the right spirit. It's very easy that with paranormal research to view it purely scientific level, level says Felicity Chandler, co-founder of the Welsh Ghost Club. <laughs> I personally feel... I have to have an equal balance of both scientific and spiritual aspects. Yes, I know Felicity very well, or I used to. Mm. I still do. Um, mm. And she, she, she is a lovely individual. Mm. Um, <clears throat> probably one of the. I mean, she is spiritual, um, and we we disagree on on those aspects because she thinks I'm too rigorously scientific, um, and. I need to open myself up more to to be spiritually aware. Oh, but then and that's not the job of an investigator. But then Steve tries to steer what he sees as middle ground between extreme skepticals and extreme beliefs, says Professor Christopher French. Uh -huh. And uh -huh, he says, but sometimes the extreme position uh, is the right one. So he's saying you can't be in the middle ground. You, you, just well, your... I, I think you can, you can, you can listen to both sides. I, I think you should you. pay attention to both sides because, um, because of the insufficiency of our knowledge. Mm -hmm. I think it would be, I think it would be a little foolish to rule out every possibility just because, um, it seems implausible. Right. So I think it's important that you pay attention but I, I think that you, um, you, you, you should remain. You don't have on... to accept it as. No, I uh, think you should be scientifically rigorous. I mean, if if somebody is telling you that um, that that it's their belief that there is a spirit in the room, well, that is, a, is their belief. That's their belief, and that's an right. important piece of information that that you should document. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh, problem! He's turned away from final approach. Ah, going to Ireland now. He's he's turned south now towards uh, yeah well there we are. I'll keep you updated anyway um so you have to be rigorous particularly mm -hmm. when you're making measurements and observations but you have to also pay attention to all of the detail or at least that's my view on it yes I agree I I I, I may not be right I was actually complimented you the other day. And I uh, complimented uh, the other day saying that I was uh, becoming too much like you. <laughs> that's a compliment indeed. That's what I said. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well. thank you very much, uh, kind sir. <laughs> oh, well, I'll tell you what was nice. Um, mm -hmm. Do you remember a few weeks ago we had Lloyd Auerbach on the show? I do. And he said lovely things about ghostology. And we know. And, and, um, and we know. And I said, I want that in writing. Well, he was generous enough. So, Lloyd, if you're listening, thank you. He, he was a man true to his word. Very good. I like Lloyd. 
uh, you know, I do. Anybody that makes chocolate is a friend of mine. It's always <laughs> what I always say. Yeah, you know. Certainly, be a friend of my wife. <laughs> oh, I love chocolate. That's my, one of my weaknesses. But I anyways. never knew that. <clears throat> oh yeah, chocolate. I love chocolate. Oh. Now, is that British chocolate or American chocolate? Because they're very different. Th- I know Cadbury versus Hertz. Hershey. I like them all different. I like different. Well, depends on my mood or whatever. Well, but I also noticed a nice picture of you standing in front of your library, and I don't see any of my books anywhere. Oh well, carry on. Uh, what were you saying about chocolate? I'm sorry. <laughs> um, depends which angle you look at the bookshelf from. There's six shelves. There's wild one, two, seven shelves of books. Oh, okay. Oh, eight, eight. Sorry, I forgot the one by the door. There's eight shelves of books. Mm. So maybe you know, it depends, depends on the angle. Yeah. Am I sitting at the desk wait, wait. or am I standing? You're standing looking in a ah, first, that's because that's because first, your... first edition, undoubtedly, I'm sure. Ah, well, <laughs> that's because your books are nearest to my desk. Oh, yeah. In the trash. No, they are, seriously. No, they are. Your your book is actually bang next to Zach Bagan's Ghost Hunting for Dogs. Oh, I am really honored. <laughs> I see a plethora of uh crosses there as well and crucifixes excuse me uh, they've all they've all been repl- well the decor has changed since then uh-huh um uh, that was what 2012 yeah 13. i'm getting a message the crucifixes are still here they're in the attic at the yeah. moment all right so we got two minutes but uh, i do it one more comment and uh well actually can you see a box that the crucifixes are no on? i cannot anyways oh. Uh, one more comment before the break, because we only get a couple of minutes, is I was reading an additional article about you, Mr. Parsons. Oh, my God. I feel you, like I've been stalked. You and uh, Dr. Karen uh, okay, yeah. uh, did a talk at a skeptics club, and somebody oh. uh, somebody uh, said some very unkind words about uh, you. That you Would were that be all, the same Professor Chris French? I uh, would be all too eager to take the, uh, the money from most haunted while now making money slandering it <laughs> i've never slandered the show i've just been well, honest about that's, it I, I took a little liberty there but yeah you, because uh, i yeah. i in fact one of the things i i've ne- i i've always I, I will tell the truth about you know the the because it's television it's not it real tele- life it's a damn good show um, too by the way i love it, the early it, ones it, it was, you know, it was entertaining and it was fun to be on and, you know, nobody suffered for it. You know, we never hurt anybody. Um, and if, <laughs> except that psyche. Um, and I, I, I had a good time. Um, 30 seconds. It was, it was, but it was imperfect. But that was made imperfect by people who believed in that it was uh, a documentary. Yeah. All right. So we do have to take a break. And I have some other interesting things to talk about when we come back. But anyways, you're listening to Ghost Has Chronicles. Has it got a blue cover? <laughs> I hope so. Uh, no. Anyways, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles International with Steve Parson and Ron Kolick right here on Tojinet, Pararex, and whoever else. We're on a ton of stations, too, I found out. Anyways, and uh, we're hasn't landed. Circles of Wisdom, 386 Merrick Street, Methuen, Massachusetts, Gallant, Messier Family Law Group, 15 High Street, North Anna, Massachusetts, our good friends on Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon. We'll be right back. Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. Do you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about? 
then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly kooky, the Parax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parax family. They're strange. Unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew. It's time to rendezvous as we give awards to the Parax family. Back to part two of tonight's edition of Ghost Chronicles International. You join us live at a very exciting moment. Air Force One is at 800 feet on final approach to Newquay Cornwall Airport, carrying President Biden, I guess. Well, we you, never can, you never can tell with Air Force One. We don't know if he's really I mean, not. Well, we, they have the decoy, because the decoy Air Force One is sat on the ground in Suffolk. Mm-hmm. Um, along with the, what do they call it? The Doomsday Jet, the other 747, mm-hmm. the one that's carrying all the nuclear stuff. Oh, the codes. Yeah. And yeah. the tea, coffee, chocolate biscuits. And... Mm. He hasn't landed yet, though. Oh, well. Maybe very, fog- very foggy, misty, rainy night down in Cornwall. Mm. So sad. Anyway. <clears throat> yes, you anyway. Were, you were going to ask me. No, I wasn't going to ask you anything. I was done. All done with you, my friend. You had a whole half hour of the show. I am not coming back with that. (laughs) Uh, I will. I will say. I will say. uh, uh, Give us a status update on your uh, new edition of Ghostology. Uh, Yeah. Well, to my surprise, it came out ahead of schedule. Um, I I thought it was due on the fifteenth of June. Mm. Um, In fact, that's what the publisher told me. And then um, last Thursday. Uh, yes. I believe it was, which was six years, took about synchronicity, six years to the day, um, I received the very first copies of Paracoustics from the publisher. Really? Uh, and, and I trumpeted it. I've got my very, because actually Paracoustics was the first of the books. Um, and I was like, what synchronicity is this? Because six years to the day, another box arrived. And in that was the revised edition of Ghostology. Mm-hmm. which should come out very very much quicker than I uh, thought. In fact, it, I thought it was still due to go. I thought these might have been advanced copies and thought it would still be on sale on the 15th. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I, I got an e- I, then I got an email late in the afternoon saying it's on Amazon um, in all formats. So it's there. Buy it. Yep. Um, Amazon, check out Ghostology. Ghostology in fact, there were now, actually, I noticed when I had, I, I typed that in, in it's my arrogance. Ghostology. 
Yeah. There is about four actually now. Are there really? Well, when I when I stole the is title, still is the other book still there? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. It's be, it was beating mine last week. The original? Uh, no, no. Um, I stole my title. Well, I sold mm. Ghost Sol- the word Ghostology from a book that came out in 1925, mm. uh, and uh, hadn't been you know, used again. Um, and to separate the two books, I called mine Ghostology, The Art of the Ghost Hunter. Right. Um, then the year after I published the first edition of Ghostology, which mm-hmm. was 2015, mm-hmm. the, there was Ghostology 101. And now there's about four books with the title Ghostology. So popular title. He's go. landed. He's landed, everybody. Uh, He's down. That's good. So can we leave Biden alone for now? Yep. So unfortunately, um, you haven't got President Kamala Harris. Mm. Oh, well. Anyways, no, she's in Guatemala or someplace. Ah. But yeah, anyway. um, job, yeah. all jobs done. In fact, all, all focus now turns on to a much better or, or much more interesting book project from my perspective, because obviously Ghostology, it has changed dramatically. Mm-hmm. Um, from from the earlier edition, there's because technology has moved on and because right, the techniques right. have moved on. You know, we we're now using equipment that that a hadn't been invented like the lidar, um, and we're using you know much more capable. Uh, back in the day, you know, it was the iPhone six. Now we're up to the iPhone twelve and thirteen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the SLS camera didn't exist um, when the first edition came no, out. Should it? <laughs> should it uh, so obviously they had to be addressed but the one i'm really looking forward to is the spr's publication that's due out any day um which is the um a build upon the guidance notes which is right. a set of uh, additional guidance notes specifically ah. dedicated to equipment use um, and the remit for that was due 50 pages so it's got 125 pages of course Ever detailed. <laughs> well, what do you leave in and what do you take out? Yeah, I know. Totally understand. Anyway, so last night was the 250th anniversary saw of that. the uh, the lighting of the light at Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouse. That's 250. That's older in our country. And uh, yes, because it's a British lighthouse. And. Uh, so we were able to do a, uh, a uh, unfortunately, it was only a shot uh, investigation of uh, the lighthouse uh, last night, including, we, oh, you'll love this, Steve, which is, I'm sure you'll love it. Uh, we did a seance at the exact moment that the lighthouse was lit 250 years ago. The exact moment. Uh, okay. Isn't that, isn't that exciting? No. Yeah. <laughs> no, because have you allowed for all the clock changes? Yes. Really? Yes. Yeah. Really? It's all set. Really? Yeah, because it was uh, it, the the yes, it was sundown. Sundown. Ah, ah I was going to say the uh, yeah, he got me there. Yeah, it was a sundown. 
it was the when the light was lit at sundown. So that would have been a kerosene it, lamp back then, back in the day, wouldn't it? Uh, I yeah, of course it would. That would was be it a, uh, a whale oil or something. Yeah, yeah, whale oil. Now it was, uh, but it was interesting. But uh, you know, it, there was a few things, and I'm not going to go into it right now because uh, we're working on something to to raise some funds for the uh, the lighthouse. But uh, anyways. Do you know what, what's interesting is because you you started the whole show with Margam Margam Castle, which is yes. one of the most interesting and intriguing buildings that I have in the UK. And and I enjoy and I would do want to admit if you haven't seen uh, Most Haunted season eight uh, series eight, I forget how they do it. Episode four, I believe is Markham Castle, not yeah. Markham. Uh, Margam, no, yeah, I can never see it. Please do, because it's it's a fun show. It really is a good show. I enjoyed it. Well, anyway, getting back to uh, Portsmouth Harbour Lighthouse, um, there is. What happened? One... You said you mentioned something about Markham. Well, I did. I said um, coming at the top, top start of the show. You, you, we, we talked about Markham, and yes. I said how it's one of my favourite locations in the UK yes. because there, are, there have, um, there are unanswered questions. Mm-hmm. Likewise, as you well know, one of my favourite locations in New England is Portsmouth Harbour Lighthouse for the exact same reason, that it has intriguing questions that yet to have answers. Um, You and I both have had unusual episodes take place there. Mm -hmm. Um, Yours was probably a little more spectacular than mine. But nonetheless... (laughs) That's the bizarre thing about it. I was talking about the the one in the... Well, I'll I'll only mention it because it was the gun ranging tower. There's that one there, but there's also well, that's the one that I that intrigues me most about. From to what me, is the book. one collecting the equipment, which is the most intriguing for me as well. One of the we have top. to remind me of that one. Yeah, the 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 flashlight that appeared out of nowhere. Uh, remind the listeners and me about that one. At, all right, I'll just do a quick one. But uh, yeah, at the. Uh, uh, we do ghost haunted ghost tours, and uh, you know, like all good haunted ghost tours, we hand out EMF meters <laughs> and uh, <laughs> haunted ghost tours. I didn't say investigation, my friend. Anyways, uh, we handed out EMF meters, but uh, anyways, it was a night. It was a cold night. It was, I believe, in October. I can't remember the exact date right now, but uh, yeah. And so when I was getting prepared to go out, and, and this is out beyond the gate. That's where my car was parked, and I was getting all the equipment out of the car. And uh, I took out all the ghost meters, and I needed a flashlight, of course, a red, so with the red light. Uh, so I, I had a choice between a silver and a black one. And I said, I'll take uh, the black one. So I took the black one, put it in my pocket, closed the lid of the trunk. And uh, anyways, first tour, we, we did nothing. Second tour, I, at the end of the night into the tour we collect the equipment in the base of the lighthouse and people are handing me their emf meters and everything else and then i stick out my hand and somebody sticks a flashlight in and i, I look at it i said oh so i gotta put it in the, the bag and then i stop and i go in my back pocket and i pull out the black flashlight and so i got the black flashlight and the silver flashlight now the silver flashlight is supposed to be in the trunk of my car locked car by the way but yet someone just handed it to me and you know how you get something, whether you, you know, on a cold night or any night, if you hold it, you, get, you, you transfer a body heat, whether it's in your pocket or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was ice cold. And so I said, there's a crowd in front of me. I said, who handed me the flashlight? Nobody said a word. 
I said, who handed me a flashlight? Nobody. So I finally said, did anybody see anyone hand me, hand me a flashlight? No answer. Mm-hmm. So I have no idea how that flashlight that I left in my trunk of the car was handed to me. That's the thing. And, and a verification of it is Jeremy was coming down the stairs and he said he did see somebody hand me the flashlight. But did he describe them? No, he just saw the hands, you know, because we were collecting equipment. Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. it took me a while. It wasn't like, oh, my God, look at this. Where's this flashlight well, coming? It I was just collecting. Well, it and I stopped it. and I paused and, yeah. and I looked for the other one. And, you know, it was a, it took, a, you know, probably a, a minute or so to, to do it. It was so bizarre. And, and I have never been able well, to explain it. Well, the ports aren't unknown, are they? Um, no. They're, they're incredibly. In fact, that might be the first port into hand I've ever heard. Really? Possibly. Huh. Um, and what's interesting, what's most interesting about that is uh, obviously, ob- obviously you went back to the car and verified it was in oh, fact your course. flashlight. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, prof, uh, Joe Nickel would say that you picked up both inadvertently yeah. earlier yeah. Uh, and or dropped one of them on the way back um, and somebody picked it up off the ground. Hence it was cold. Um, and, yeah, of course, yeah, of course, we can't we can't say that that wasn't the case. However, um, my inclination is that that's what the witness says, mm-hmm. and there is enough there to at least warrant recording it as a potentially highly unusual event. No, I think it's highly unusual to me. You know, mm-hmm. am I saying oh, some ghosts handed well, me that? It, well, it's that. harder for me. Yeah, this it's, this happened. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. This is the circumstances that happened, and it's. It, I don't I, doubt it. I don't yeah. doubt it. And and yeah. and the, the only difficulty is that not being there. Of mm-hmm. course, I you know, know I, I'm getting it from your, from, log, your logical yeah, brain will kick the in logical and, brain, yeah, blah blah. Yeah. And in fact, we do it to ourselves, don't we? You know, I find that the next day after something extraordinary has happened, by the time you've had a sleep and a think about it, or even a cigarette and a think about it, you, your brain has already started to explain it. And and that's why, and that's one of the, the, the main reasons why when we're doing investigations, we never allow people to rewrite their notes. Um, so when they, when they fill in their little notes, we always grab them off them before they rewrite them because we will re-rational, we will rationalize things. Yeah. Um, or I you, play- you know, our brains play tricks on us. We th- we think, uh, oh, God, you know, the old saying, I know what I saw and all that other stuff. It, oh, it's not it really just... that way. And oh. we, you know, when we wrote Ghost Chronicles, and I've said it a hundred times, Ghost Chronicles and more Ghost Chronicles, Mario and I, we, we remember certain incidents that happened this way. But when we went back at the video and listened to the audio, it didn't happen that way. It happened another way. And, and yet we had two years of, you know, our memory remembering it this way mm-hmm. that's what it was but it wasn't unless of course it was the mandela effect and then i can't answer it <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> it's interesting though how we how much we trust our senses because what then mm-hmm. happens is if you hadn't had that video footage um mm-hmm. to go back over and, and realize right. that you 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 just misremembered you would have remained convinced that your version of uh oh absolutely was was the correct one mm-hmm and it's very, very difficult, you know, because we don't have video footage running, you know, all of the time, um, wherever we go and whatever we do. We try and it's very, right? uh, it, 
when we're doing an investigation, right? Yeah. Well, so, when we're doing an investigation, we hope to. It's not yeah. always possible, but we hope right, to. Yeah, yeah. I totally. Um, we, but it's incredibly difficult when a witness tells you something and you say, "Well, there is this," you know. Um, well, I know, I, I, I know exactly what I saw. But the problem is, we just don't because we're human beings and we're fallible, and you know, we forget things and we're a bit stupid at other times. Um, you know, I, I, I've told the story many times about the investigator on one of our cases who left his keys on a on a window ledge and not a bedside table. Um, you know, and but for the camera, was convinced, and it happens to me. You know, in I everyday put, life, in everyday life, you put something down, you walk away, you come back, it's not there. It's like, well, where is it then? You then have, you then spend the next thirty minutes turning the house upside down for it, only to discover it was somewhere else entirely, or back where you, you know, it's always in the last place that you look. It's true. Always in the last place that you look. It's like my glasses. I'm like, like, on like top that, of my head sometimes. It's like listen. It's <laughs> like the, my my boys constantly remind me about um, the the vagaries of human perception and uh, our, our abilities because um, they're forever losing things. You know, or they've remote control for the TV's gone, or something. One of the toys or a game console cartridge has disappeared, and they they they'll stand there with tears um flooding down have you looked i've looked everywhere you oh, obviously yeah. haven't looked everywhere because you haven't got it if you'd looked everywhere you'd have got it now go and look again but i've looked everywhere i and and <laughs> to, in fact, to it happened, you, this, happened this morning to, to show, yeah and, to, and it happens to me in my life all the time to give you an, a very clear example of that in, in each people of their own is St. Jan, my lovely wife, has a penchant for doing that. Uh, she'll be looking for something, and she said, I don't, I don't know where it is. I can't find it. It's like she'll be looking in the, for instance, uh, say, say something in the, uh, a quart of milk in the refrigerator. She'll look in a quart of milk in the refrigerator. I, there's no milk in here. I can't find it anywhere and everything else. And it's right in the front. No, 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 it's not. And then I walk in, and there it is, right in the front of the refrigerator. She, she, She's not lying. She doesn't see it, but yeah, it doesn't yeah. mean it's that's, not there. I, that I think is a, is a key difference. I think that's a key point there that's worth making is that often the more you look, the less you're likely to see something mm -hmm. because your brain is, is, is focusing on the task, not the, the search. Right. Um, and so you can actually sit there and it's happened to me many times, you know, even at my desk here where I've misplaced, you know, I've been, I've been holding a pen in my hand. Um, I don't know why I, I, this is radio. I don't know why I picked up the pen. Um, I've been holding a pen in my hand. I put the pen down, reach for something else, come back and can't find the pen. And then immediately you look on the floor and you search yep. around and it's there in front of you the whole time, but you can't, you just don't see it anymore. It doesn't so, go anywhere. <laughs> so think of this, Steve, um, you take that same incident Mm -hmm. And you teleport it into a supposedly haunted location. What do you mm -hmm. have? What do you have? You have a paranormal event. Yes, you do. Right? And there is not not very much you can do as an investigator um, to to demonstrate to the person that's just had that experience that you know the quart of milk or the pen yeah. hadn't disappeared and reappeared. 
because their experience was that it had. I know it wasn't there. It wasn't there. You know, I've, I'm looking on the floor for the pen and it's, it's mm -hmm. in front of me the whole time. It doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. Um, I mean, there was sometimes though things do move. Um, oh yeah. With, absolutely. Um, and, and they may have still have normal explanations like um, a couple of over the weekend. Um, the, the boys in their bedroom have a roller blind over the window. Mm hmm. Um, and <clears throat> the roller blind, uh, the cord, um, had disappeared and yeah. there was, so, so the blind was, was stuck and couldn't be moved until this cord had been found. And it's Isn't the cord usual... attached to the blind. Well, it was, but over the years, uh, and two okay. small boys, uh, yeah. it has to be continually rethreaded. Fair enough. <laughs> so, so, so the, the blind, the cord, the cord has disappeared. The boys by now are at each other's throats. One blaming each, blaming the other. They, they swore on everything that's holy that they've searched the entirety of the room, the house, um, each other, <laughs> the nation, you know, Air Force One, um, and that this cord is nowhere to be seen. And um, the threats have been issued. Well, if it's not found, that's the end. You're not going on the PlayStation and you go find it. And and you know, the voices are getting raised. And in, in this, in the middle of this maelstrom of shouting, in walks the cat. Towing, <laughs> towing the cord behind her. <laughs> the cat had stolen it. <laughs> which she, which she's done before and was dragging it all over. And at the moment, everybody was looking for it. Of course, the cat had gone disappeared behind the um, the furniture with her prize trophy. Oh sure. And uh, then came out came out dragging it along the floor behind her. So you know things can can in fact disappear, um, and they may not have a human agent, um, but they may not be paranormal either. That's true. So we're coming to the end of the show, and I do want to mention something right. else that, that is, uh, uh, I think, near and dear to both of us. Uh, and, and that, of course, is uh, sea marshes, lake marshes, oh, and so forth. Well, uh, you ever hear of Lake Pepin? No. Whereabouts is it? Ah, that's I, I never heard it either. Uh, lake Pepin, yeah, Lake Pepin is located on the Mississippi River in and is bordered by Wisconsin on one side and Minnesota on the other. The town of Lake City, Minnesota, has a population of about 5,000. And uh, Lake Pepin Shore, there are tales of, guess his name, Peppy. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a surprise. Yep. The sea moss is supposedly a large serpent-like sea creature. Uh it was seen back as far as uh, 1800s, uh, even beyond that, by both Dakota Indians and local vacationers. Um, so there you go. There's, there's another sea monster, and it's the exact You want me? I'd never heard of Pepe. I never did, and it's the exact and People have seen it. Uh, this guy, they have offered a $50,000 reward to anyone who can prove the existence of Pepe. So, uh, 
you know, there have been a, a several uh, attempts, including Chad Lewis, a cryptozoologist, researcher, and author of Pepe, the lake monster of the Mississippi. Because I don't think uh, even Lauren Coleman mentions Pepe, does he? Pepe, I don't recall. I, no. I don't recall no. when we went up there to uh, the museum. No, I haven't seen it either. But nobody's uh, been able to... Uh, uh, well, you know what's what? I mean, that's that I, I, as you know, I uh, had a probably second to to ghosts is is Nessie, the Loch Ness yeah. monster. And, and In fact, it, that came know, up I over the weekend. Like you, you know that. <laughs> well, that that came up over the weekend because we were down at the local marina, and um, my Catherine keeps reminding me that my my uh, ideal retirement is uh, when I win the lottery, of course. Yeah, of course is to um, buy a big liverboard um, fishing, ex-fishing boat, converted fishing boat, and spend my days going up and down Loch Ness on this radar, sonar, equipped boat. That would be cool. That's, that's, I'd quite like to end my day, end my days doing that. I tell you, if I had won the, the multi-million, billion, trillion dollar lottery, uh, do you ever see the movie uh, Sahara? Yes. Very good movie. Uh, I enjoyed it anyway. Uh, there's the William Macy. They have a research foundation that they have mm-hmm. the boats and everything, and they just go out and investigate stuff. And that would be, to me, it would be like the coolest thing in the world. See, it's like hard work for me. No, because you just have I, I know exactly what you have. You have exactly. do it, though. You know what I mean? I, you, they can do the yeah. grunt work. Well, yeah, but it becomes a bit, you know, I I just want to end my, you know, going up and down, trying to solve one last mystery. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll um, give you that. I'd rather keep a continue looking. I've, and... No, no, no. I don't want to, I don't want a team. I don't want to have to run a team. I've done it for too many years now. <laughs> They're too much trouble. Yeah. You just fire them. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, whenever you have a team of people, you have a team, you have a whole heap of trouble. Yep, just like in the movie too. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. He doesn't. He said that, and I don't think we should do this. And they're doing that way. No, no. And any time you have more than two people in the same room and a committee forms, mm. you get trouble. Oh, you do. Anyway, anyways, that's what I would like to do. So there you go. Uh, there's there's been a re- re- lot of release of uh, UFO footage, UFO footage by the government. You, well, how? Has sir, because there was supposed to be this big report to Congress on the first of June. Yeah, and I keep checking all the news wires and no. can't see it. No, they released you know, stuff. That's it. Uh, missed it. Yeah, or it was, a, or it was a damp squib because it all looked really promising with the stuff that U.S. Navy was releasing. It, it it's garbage too. I mean, no offense, but I've seen how a lot better stuff on. <laughs> Well, something I mean, fell. I mean, uh, the, for me, it wasn't. I mean, it's black- interesting things, but well, yeah, it wasn't the one that fell in the ocean for me. But did you see the radar footage? Yeah. Now you know, I fourteen objects being tracked simultaneously. Either either they were a really cheap Chinese um, radar system, or they were tracking something. Yeah, but we don't know what something is and, no, and we don't know what know, something we is we don't you know and important we know, the sci- we know that science <laughs> is not perfect that, that there are you know glitches and stuff there are things and stuff we you know you can get echoes oh, in some yeah. things but who, I mean, who knows yeah. there may be some natural phenomena for this but could well uh, be could yeah. well be 
And it, it, I, you know, one of the things that occurred to me is, it, do you remember the very first um, problems he had with the dew line and the the yeah. swarms of migrating birds that nearly caused World War Three? Well, fish jump out of the water, don't they? Yes, they do. And at certain times of the year, these flying fish actually spontaneously leap all over the place and end up on boats and or you know these radars are, are capable of picking up something fairly small like a fish yeah um and you know maybe maybe it's just something that the fish were doing that night i saw a guy get killed by a flying fish and uh, well there we are that would be an interesting way to die yeah. <laughs> but you know it's that's what we gotta do a show sometime you Thousands have you know, to die I mean, not the video, but, you know, the video of the radar. I mean, that's how because you had these spontaneous things popping up and dropping off and popping up. And I thought, is that just a shoal of flying fish? Yeah, who knows? Uh, we're almost out of time, but there why is go. it always Navy pilots? I come no Air Force, Army or Marine. Hmm, interesting. They've all been, well, they all got abducted, didn't they? Yeah, probably. Either that or these, uh, you know, I, I figured out the, the, why that's Navy pilots. Too busy, well, anyways, too, we're getting well, to go. We're out of time. Too busy trying to land, land by. Yeah. Isn't it? Uh, You're yeah. listening to, you have been listening to Ghost Chronicles yeah. International on Toginet and uh, Pararex and brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 386 Merrick Street, Methuen, Massachusetts, 15. Uh, no. <laughs> no. That was the old uh, well, address. See you next time. Good night and God bless. Yeah. Stay tuned for the second hour of Ghost Chronicles when we are going to talk to Liz Anderson of the Chester Jail. Ooh. Haunted mm-hmm. Chester Jail. Good night. God bless. Good night. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us good luck.